Welcome back to the Closeted Weeb Anime Podcast, the only anime podcast, anime only, the podcast anime weeb closeted, the two back welcome. My name is Lee. And I'm Bryce. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) I'm not having a stroke, I promise. (laughs) And welcome back, everyone. Um, So we're going to do This Week in Anime where Lee's going to talk about our trip to Japan that we've decided to start planning. And for our topic of the week, we're doing uh, my top 10. So I am definitely super excited for that. Um, <laughs> uh, Lee, what ta- so want to talk to us about uh, the trip to Japan? Yeah, so Bryce and I, um, as you probably may know, we went to college together. Uh, we've been best friends ever since. And whenever we graduated, we decided, you know, five years out, we wanted to take a trip to Japan, which is going to be 2023. Um, so we just, I've been very much looking forward to future travel since obviously traveling right now isn't a major option, especially international travel. Um, so I just put together an itinerary based on my experiences in Japan and the places I either have been and loved or places i haven't been able to visit yet so just because we figure if you're watching listening to this podcast you probably like japan i just wanted to talk about kind of the spots we're going to hit up so um first day i want us to fly into fukuoka which is actually a place that i a city i love uh i spent my first two months in japan in fukuoka um it's a like the seventh largest city in japan it's on the southern island of kyushu and it's you know, it's a lot more laid back. It's super famous for their uh, ramen stalls that you can go to in the streets. And like Hakata ramen, if you've ever had it, delicious. They have some of the best ramen in all of Japan. So we're going to start there. Then we're going to go to Beppu the next day. And Beppu is also on Kyushu. Uh, it's not a city many people have heard of if you're not already super big into Japan travel. But it is really famous for like the volcanic activity um, that it has in the area. So it has a huge number of hot springs you have like mud baths you have like sand baths which i don't even know what that is but we're gonna try it (laughs) um you know they and it's like right on the um right on the ocean um they have like these really famous they call them hells or jikoku um because they have these hot springs that are so hot you can't actually go in them and there's this one famous one that's like it has a bunch of iron in it i think and so it's very red so it's called like the blood pond hell um so we'll be checking that out um, we're going to stop in Hiroshima just to see the Peace Park, um, obviously the Atomic Dome, and then Hiroshima Castle. Um, but then we're going to finish that day in Nara, getting over to like the Osaka-Kyoto area. And uh, Nara, you probably, it's a super historical area, It um, and it's mostly famous for kind of the deer um, that it has oh, yeah. in Nara Park. And so you have a bunch of temples there that are really gorgeous. So we're going to have Bryce get assaulted uh buy some deer i'm gonna store a bunch of food in his pockets and tell him to run around grease him up like a pig um i can't wait (laughs) so then the next day we're gonna go to kyoto i've actually still never been to kyoto um but kyoto if you're not familiar it used to be the uh capital um back in historical times um so we're gonna be going to japan around the time of the aoi matsuri um which is like a um festival that's very like influenced by the Heian period, which is my favorite period of Japanese history because they were making some really fire poetry back then. Um, So we'll go there for that. We'll get some good sake. And then um, we'll also visit like the bamboo forest and all the, I mean, Kyoto is just a super scenic area. So there's going to be no shortage of things for us to see there. Then we're going to hit up Tokyo. This is where we're going to get to weep out a bit. I'm going to take Bryce to uh, Akihabara. We're going to go to a maid cafe um so now he can basically he can basically feel like he's in re-zero with all of the uh the maid uh women serving him constantly um but we're also going to try and see a kabuki show um which is like the really famous so excited uh, for that that'll be really cool fortunately it's super cool because they also sell single act tickets so like a full kabuki play could be like four hours which like is a bit much um but a single act is usually like 30 minutes to an hour and a half um and it's also pretty affordable it looks like 20 bucks maybe and then we're also gonna go see some sumo at the yeah. uh, kokugi con um, so and 
I was fortunate enough to be taken to see sumo when I was in Japan, and it is my favorite spectator sport because it's like 10 seconds of action, and then the rest of the time you're just eating and drinking and like having a great time. So uh, we'll definitely be doing that. Then the next day, we're going to go to Nikko, which is a World Heritage Site. It's in Tochigi Prefecture. It's like out in just the gorgeous mountains. Um, and we're going to be going again. There's going to be another festival happening, um, which is the Toshoku uh grand spring festival um so the toshogu uh temple is uh basically the family temple of the shogun tokugawa iayasu um and so that one you're gonna have like horseback archery going on a bunch of like really cool traditional like japanese festival stuff happening and then other than that you know we're just gonna be um hiking around i did a birthday trip out to nico before so i'm pretty familiar with the area and it's just absolutely gorgeous um and then that's going to be our last day um we'll head back to tokyo and then we'll head out but just wanted i bryce got to see me like just absolutely nerd out on building out this itinerary (laughs) for us so we just wanted to share it because we didn't necessarily have too much to talk about anime wise this week um so yeah uh that's our trip feel free to copy our itinerary i put a lot of thought into it you basically the only part of japan you're not really going to see is uh you know northern japan um so but i figure i'll take uh i'll take my girlfriend and we'll go visit northern japan so that way i get to see it all uh without you (laughs) oh my god yeah but but you could definitely uh email us if you want to know anything about the itinerary or anything that lee mentioned if you want to plan your own obviously like trip to japan like lee definitely knows a lot um but so enough of that. Enough with the trip a couple years away. Let's, uh, it's about me, Lee. It's my top 10. It's yep, my episode. Yep. So I know the folks <laughs> are going to be tuning out this week. Um, <laughs> so, but I guess we can get into this topic of the week. Bryce's top 10 isekai or top 10 anime. <laughs> yeah, no, literally I had one of our friends like texted me literally a list of like 30 isekai and he's like, oh, are these going to be your top 10? And I was like, no, these are 30 shows, not 10. Inaccurate. <laughs> um (laughs) but um so to get started uh my number 10 is a show you've seen as well lee um we've talked about it before it's uh oh i should also say the categories first so the categories um i did plot is 25 percent characters 25 percent animation five percent uh music 10 percent because i just love openings that had to have played a factor for me um and i'm kind of more indifferent on animation compared to most people um remembrance <laughs> you're um, just watching a powerpoint slide with <laughs> anime characters on it exactly um uh remembrance how much like you remember this show like years down the line um and then the hype having those like build up sort of moments like wow i am so glad i watched this show versus doing like i don't know anything else i could possibly be doing right now um so those are kind of the categories how i did it um yeah so Number 10. So number 10, I chose uh, Attack on Titan. So obviously, we've talked a lot about this show. Um, some of the best parts of that, like, I thought season three, part one was my favorite part of the show. It literally, like, blew my mind. The opening is the best, like, the politics of, like, the inner wall. Um, I thought season three, part two was, like, a little bit overrated in my eyes. Um I know it's been mentioned IMDb is like whatever some of the top episodes of any show ever not anime literally any show but I I always kind of found that inaccurate and I thought a lot of it was like pretty predictable um season four is what we've talked about I guess a decent amount for summer this week in anime um but the pacing's fantastic they have continuous plot twists um I have no clue what direction the show's going in I don't think it's necessarily going to be a happy ending but I am really curious um but the reason why it's even though i have so many such like high praise for it the reason it's number 10 versus like a top three or top five season two uh yeah well yeah so (laughs) first season i I also didn't like honestly like after the first season like i didn't think it was enough for me to want to continue the show and i wasn't going to until you and uh one of our other friends jake was like all right like you like at least like it's worth like checking out and like diving into and i was like all right i'll check this out but yeah season two also like didn't really blow me away i wasn't like wow i'm so like intrigued by the story i guess maybe by the end of season two i guess i was curious uh but then hearing like how huge and popular season three was i was like all right i'm really gonna get into it and now it's fantastic it's a fantastic show but considering there's a huge aspect of the show i didn't enjoy and i think another huge factor for me is the characters like 
if there's a, a main character or whatever who like who dies or any, any sort of any important characters who die i just don't care like i'm so engaged i'm so disinterested i like can't tell you a single thing about like the main characters Potatoes. in the show and what they're like um yeah <laughs> exactly um, my final words are <laughs> potatoes yeah so that's my number 10 lee what do you think i mean i think that that's a pretty fair you know i i obviously i think i only put one show that wasn't complete on my top 10 list because i'm kind of a bit more hesitant since attack on titan is ending and this is the final season um and i think i you know i've I've given a fair bit of criticism to the show and you already touched on all of that. Um, I don't think, I think that that's a great spot. I think between 10 to eight is um, pretty accurate. I, I think that that's a completely fair pick. Um, I have no issues with it. I, I think for me, it's one of those things where attack on Titan, I think a lot of people overlook its flaws because of how hype it makes them. Um, but I think the flaws can be pretty glaring. That doesn't change the fact that it is one of the most exciting shows going on right now. I'm super excited for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and you can just listen to the past few episodes of me talking about attack on Titan and see how my like tone has changed. So I think that that's a great pick. Thanks. I think that's the only one Lee will like, but we'll see. We'll keep going. We'll see how this goes. It's going to get worse and worse, and Lee's going to be more pissed as we get into the top five. So I think he's going to like the, he may like the first couple. Um, so number nine, I have uh, Mob Psycho, which is a show you actually recommended to me. I think like it really does have like the highest floor of probably any show I've seen in the sense that like it doesn't make bad episodes. Like... It, is it doesn't all characters. miss. Yeah, it doesn't miss, right? It has, like, I like all the characters. I mean, you've talked about, like, the uh, the jock character before. Like, all the side characters are awesome. The openings, I love. I listen to them <laughs> all the time while working. So that, obviously, that's an automatic 10% for them. Um, the action's great. Um, I am super excited for the third season. The only reason I would put it um, at, like, a number nine and not at, like, a higher category like a top three or something is there aren't like i mean we've we've also kind of had this before there aren't like in those those moments i guess where like oh my god this is like the greatest show ever this is like it's just like a very good show it's just like i very much enjoy watching it but it's not one of the, i've never had one of those moments where i'm like wow like this is the best show ever like drop everything i'm doing um what do you think lee no i think it's fair and again you weigh well i guess you like the music on this show too, which probably ranks it highly. But for me, it's like the animation is just gorgeous. I, like it's always a treat to watch Mob Psycho. Um, it's super charming. I think my only complaint is that I think it should probably be higher up on your list because I know some of the other shows that are on there. But again, <laughs> it it's not, it doesn't have those like make you cry moments. It doesn't have the, you know, crazy mystery unfolding that some of the other shows might. So um, for that reason, you know, between 10 and 5 seems very, very fair. I have obviously it was on my list, so I have no qualms with uh, Mob Psycho being here. Wow, two down. He's okay. Let's keep going. They're playing with fire. My, my <laughs> blood pressure is still stable. It's going to progressively climb as we get through this episode. So Lee knows, like, obviously Lee doesn't know my top 10 how I've ordered them, but he knows, like, obviously, like, you as an audience you'll probably know like some shows i view very highly and that are going to be on this list because i've mentioned them a million times and lee is not going to be happy where they're placed um so <laughs> at uh at number eight is another show you'll actually like uh steins gate um another show you recommended me and so obviously this is a show i struggled to get through at first i like really didn't like the first four episodes um but you convinced me like the show gets rewarding it gets better i think when you get past what was it episode 12 then it gets super exciting um mm -hmm. and it was it was fantastic like once you've and the value you add behind the first 12 episodes like makes sense because it makes the story so rewarding it is i agree the best time travel show in like logistics with the plot it makes sense like it's clearly a really well thought out show right and it rewards the person for getting through those 12 episodes because everything that happens in the show matters. But here's the negatives and here's the reasons why I don't put it in my, my top three is simply two reasons. One, the fact that, um, I, again, I, I didn't love the first four. There was like the first 12, I wasn't like in love with the show. In fact, I like, 
I gave up on a couple times. And a lot of that is, again, it's due to my, like, taste and preference for anime, right? Like, I'm an isekai trash, like, shonen trash, like, and obviously Steins Gate, like, isn't that, but it's, like, an absolutely fantastic show. Um, but because I wasn't in love with, like, the first 12, and, like, I didn't love two of the main characters, and Daru and, uh, Tutoru girl, I'll never get her name right. Um, <laughs> Mayuri. Mayuri, thank you. Um, that's why. But, like, it is, like, for the type of show it is, like, that's the high, like, it's fantastic. Like, they're really, like, 13 through 24 is, like, some of, like, the best anime I've probably ever seen. And, like, that would alone would be, like, top three. But, again, it's just because my tastes and preferences are different. I think that's why I won't put any higher. I think that is super fair. It's definitely a show that, like, doesn't necessarily line up with the other shows that you watch because again you can have time travel shows that are mixed with action and i mean there's a little bit of action but overall it's really just a character drama um yeah. you know there's major plot points and kind of puzzles to be solved um but you don't have mystical creatures um i i love the <laughs> internal logic of the show and that's why whenever i'm watching a time travel show it's very much like what's what's the catch what's the because there's so many different ways to do it um and so i like the way steins gate tackled it um again some people um i'm talking to one of our friends who decided to get in a fight with me this week because i oh, chose yeah. war i chose war some people will call the first 12 episodes bad um i just say they're slow and they're very they're um they're developing the plot but again it, it is whenever i tell someone to watch it Unfortunately, I always have to preface it with you have to get through the first 12 episodes. And again, the characters don't necessarily age super well. The main ones still do, um, but some of the supporting cast can be annoying and are not as charming. And that can negatively affect how much the story impacts you since it is a character drama. But considering Bryce gave it a fair shot and, you know, it's not necessarily something that generally aligns with his taste, I am super happy that it's even on this list. So I'm blood pressure still stable <laughs> still stable. that's good um the next one is a show uh lee you, you've definitely never seen this this is like a show i've mentioned before it's definitely a nostalgic pick uh, it's called ikaru no go it's i've read the manga i've seen the anime three times i was like super into chess as a kid um and i like love like the strategy behind it and being able to read kind of like this board game sort of a show and like watching it while i was like super in this phase of my life um, I used to play, I don't know if you ever played like Yahoo games, like online where you could play mm -hmm. against people, like whatever, all over the world. And I would get, yeah. yeah, okay, cool. And I would get smoked by these kids in like Asia, like late at the night playing Go. Cause I was trying to like <laughs> learn while watching the show and reading the manga. And I was so into it. Um, and I think for people now, obviously Queen's Gambit is like this new like chess show. And it's like relatable in the sense of getting people like hooked into a game. Obviously it's not this like intense backstory netflix sexualized drama but um it's a fun shonen and it gets you excited about a random topic and gets you excited to do things and so for me hikaru no go uh provide that what do you think yeah man um i yeah you're right i haven't seen it i was familiar with it in the sense of i saw it when it was being advertised i just never got into it but as a kind of theme of shows, I mean, that's one of the things that anime does well. It takes the mundane and it makes it high stakes. It makes it more engaging. It, it You get behind the thought process of the characters and why they're making certain moves and why certain strategies are, you know, aggressive or defensive and all that stuff. So even if I haven't seen the show, I know how enthralling those kind of aspects of anime in general can be. Um, you have brought it up on the podcast before and how the ending left you not it left you with a weird feeling so after that episode I went and looked up what the ending was um, just out of curiosity so I actually do know how it ends and it kind of just seems like a show that got cut short yeah um, it seems like it had more story to tell and it just yep. kind of abruptly ended which seems unfortunate but uh, obviously, I haven't seen it, so I can't talk much more about it. But again, I obviously threw some picks on my uh, top 10 that were very nostalgia driven. Um, I do kind of want to rewatch Angel Beats because I realize it's only 13 episodes. So it would be super easy to watch, uh, rewatch it. So I, I kind of want to go see how much of my opinions of some of these shows are blinded by the fact that like I haven't seen them since I was significantly younger. Um, but no, I think it's a fair pick. I think everyone's, you know, it's your top 10. So shows that had that impact on you uh, deserve to be up here. So, and again, 
blood pressure stable that's, that's good yeah man i yeah you're actually spotted on the ending honestly yeah and that's cool actually it was so obviously clear in the wiki i guess um the next show uh is uh rascal does not dream of bunny girl senpai so this is a show which has the worst title in anime history and is the most misleading <laughs> title in anime history and i will never have any defense i can give for the show and i get destroyed for it whenever I bring it up on the group me on a podcast or like to friends wherever um and it's a genre that I'm not usually in love with it's kind of like a I guess more like a romance like psychological show I guess the best way to supernatural kind of show and it's one of those shows you know where you go into you kind of expect nothing uh, based obviously on like the title and like the image the opening image you're like all right like why is this like so highly like recommended as like a great show to check out? Like, and I was like, all right, I'll give it a chance. And cause I know it was like, it won, like, I think it was like Crunchyroll's like anime of the year. And I was like, all right, I got to check this out. And it was like probably the most pleasant surprise of a show that I came in expecting nothing. Um, I love the protagonist. I love literally everything about him. Uh, Sakuta. Um, I like most of the side characters. I can't say I love all the side characters. It's one of the few, like, 13 episode animes where like i think it's like it's an appropriate length like it doesn't need like a season two and i really appreciate that um but what draws me to the show is how it takes emotional problems and gives them sort of like a physical impact so the first character he helps mai is like this actress who's tired of being in the spotlight she wants like a break from everyone so um she actually the physical impact is she becomes invisible to everyone except sakata and he has to figure out how to make her visible again um, before everyone forgets about her, including him. And there's like other problems like childhood bullying and an inferiority complex. So it's kind of cool. Like, it's one of those shows where like you like being in the main character's shoes and trying to see how Sakura is going to solve all these problems and seeing if you can what you would do in that situation. Uh, and it's cool. That the problems are like obviously the actress may not be as a relatable, realistic problem, but I'd say the rest of the side characters have very, like, realistic emotional problems that a person would face on a day-to-day basis. Um, so having that kind of connection to an anime made the show, like, uh, really enjoyable for me. So that's my number, I think, six, yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, I... This is actually one of the shows that you've talked about that I, I think I need to put on my list because, again, I, I do tend to prefer... I like my shonen, and I'm very picky about my shonen. But overall, I like more story and character-driven, slower shows that could really be in any medium. And this kind of seems like it falls under that category. Um, I think my only complaint is that the fact that all of these other shows that I have no issue with are at the bottom of your list means that uh, all I have left to expect from you is... Um, trash. Well, trash. it is trash. Um, so I think... Overall, blood pressure is starting to rise because all of these shows that I would prefer you have a little bit higher up uh, aren't. So it lets me know what I have left to expect from you. So please uh, continue. Oh, God. Um, I think I have one more. I think I think you'll be okay. I think you'll be okay with this one. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, um, because it's the bottom half of your list. <laughs> um, the next one I have is Erased. Um so Erased is definitely my favorite uh, murder mystery anime. I saw it with Keith, uh, Guest of the Pod. And the way to kind of view it is it's definitely like a movie, I would say, split up into like 12 episodes. And I, I think it's the be- definitely like, so this this is the only, it's the highest 12 episode anime on my list. So it's the best 12 episode anime. And um, the problem with a lot of 12 episode animes is you have an interesting concept, episodes one to three, and then four through like, 10 they try to create some sort of plot and sub arc that kind of goes all over the place and they rush way too much and way too little amount of time and then the ending last two or three episodes is like do we want a real conclusion is this like a rushed conclusion um will we be renewed for season two and it's like a disaster but what's cool about erased is like they know it's 12 episodes this is the story this is the movie and it's a great time. I mean, it's a great game of cat and mouse in a sense, like kind of like Death Note, I think. Um, but I know there are definitely people who don't like the ending of a race. And that's like a pretty big thing because I guess it differs from the manga. But I didn't read the manga. I don't really care because it's I enjoy an anime the podcast. It's an anime podcast. Exactly. But I also like like the ending. So I don't think I want to know what the manga ending is. And I'm 
in that sense, I'm kind of like ignorance is bliss. Um, but I love the show and it definitely had like a memorable impact on me. Um, so that's my number five. Yeah, I think, again, I have no issues with it. I've seen it on some of my streaming services. I haven't watched it. Um, so actually, I might throw it on at some point because it sounds interesting. I remember being interested when it first kind of popped up and then just I was watching other stuff and never got around to it. I think as well, one of the strengths. So, I mean, obviously, you mentioned the problems of a 12 episode anime, 12, 13. Um, but I think the strengths of it as well is just it, it's such a lesser commitment that Either A, you can binge it super quickly and just, especially if the plot continues moving, it's really, really nice. Um, and so whenever a 13 episode show isn't in a situation where they have to fight for their existence, um, you can get some really awesome just kind of short stories. And so uh, I don't think too many of mine, I think I was saying Angel Beats, if I recall correctly, is only like 13 episodes. Yep. But um, most of my shows are either very long format, obviously Monster, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, or they're just regular structured like Death Note, Code Geass, where it's these 26, 24, 26 episode um, seasons. And that's kind of the standard. So um, I'm glad that we're getting some representation of kind of the shorter form um, shows. But uh, yeah, no, that's great. Um, unfortunately, that's uh, only at the bottom half of your list <laughs> or i guess the midpoint we're but. the midpoint yeah we're about to get to number four um all righty so number four on my list you have seen this show um future diary mirai niki um really I, yeah that's it's a surprise pick. i know i know i know <laughs> i knew you're gonna be pissed i know um mm. so the guy protagonist is definitely a meh and that's like and the animation is atrocious but yet i'm someone who could care less about animation um and that definitely obviously would prevent the show from getting like any higher. Um, but I love the concept. Like I'm so into it. Like a game where 12 people have like diaries out loud to look into the future in some way, shape or form with like the action's awesome. It's a show that even when I watched it the second time, like I still like really enjoyed it. And that definitely held weight for me, even though you knew some like the twists and turns that would come into play. And like, I'm definitely pulled by the fact that I love like the, uh, you know, the female protagonist is, like, <laughs> the best. Like, one of the best characters, like, ever. And that, like, obviously our logo uh, on the Spotify is, like, supposed to be, like, yeah, her eye. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it's de- probably, like, it's definitely, like, probably a surprise pick. But, like, I was just going through, I think I wrote down, like, my top 100 shows. And I just loved it. Like, I, it, the, this, the whole concept just, like, excited me so much. And, like, had everything that I love about anime. Um, and I, I had to include it at number four um yeah that is definitely a surprise pick i'm actually not upset about it at all for me i view so honestly if i'd even if it really had come up in my head i probably would have thrown it in my honorable mentions i view future diary or mirai nikki um as i view it the same way i view higurashi it's a show with a lot of flaws um but it has something that really kind of makes it special and just really like sticks with you. And so even though like for me with Mirai Nikki, like the overarching plot is kind of silly and whatnot, there are so many just really cool moments. I think Bryce and I both love, uh, you know, Gasai or whatever yep. her name is. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you mentioned, whenever we were designing our, um, you know, our podcast logo, we wanted it to be like, I literally sent an image of, you know, um, to the graphic artist being like, I want it to be like her eye peeking through a closet door or something. <laughs> you and I both like, we watch these shows at different times. Yeah. Um, but we both just absolutely like, we loved it. Like, it's such a fun show to talk about. It's such a fun show to reference. Um, we have another friend who would always, uh, you know, impersonate her, the Sundere, like the crazy Sundere. Just be like, Yuki to Bryce oh whenever he was... Whenever he was uh, a little bit too gone. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, oh I, I, this is definitely a surprise pick. I was not expecting it to be. And I, I think it's absolutely fair to have shows with flaws in your top 10, especially if you're very aware of them. Because like at the end of the day, this is subjective enjoyment of the show is a very, very important factor to it. So no, I'm actually, this actually calmed me down some more. So I'm, a, I'm in a good place. That's good. I'm pleasantly surprised. Um <laughs> So number three is a show you also definitely haven't seen, um, but it's definitely probably the highest pick for, in terms of nostalgia. Uh, Prince of Tennis. Can I guess? Oh, oh. I was gonna. Oh, sorry. No, I was, that's what I was gonna guess. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 definitely. It was like definitely obvious. Um, so for me, I don't remember characters' names in shows, 
And Prince of Tennis, I could name, like, a lot. Of, I could probably name 20 characters. Like, I know the show, like, really well. I've seen it three times. Um, I started playing tennis because of it in high school. Um, I literally, like, them, like, practicing against a wall. I was like, man, I gotta do this. So I would practice against my garage door. I literally broke a window. And then, for some reason, I decided, oh, in Prince of Tennis, but they're so accurate. They control their accuracy. I can do that. So I'll be fine the next time I go out there. So then I break another window. And my parents obviously not happy. And why I thought this was, again, a brilliant idea is beyond me. But um, the protagonist, I think, is one of the, like, coolest protagonists Rio matches in. So that, like, definitely carries weight. I was like, man, I gotta be like him. I gotta be, like, this tennis star. Um, and it's the only show where I love the filler episodes. Like, the character interact. it's not as much, like, it's funny. It's not for someone who, like, loves showing like I do. It's not, like, I would say the action of the tennis match that, like, is the overall deciding factor. But I love, like, the character interactions and when they do things, like, outside of tennis. Like, just, like, doing, like, all you can eat contests and, like, a ramen place when they're playing, like, a bowling tournament. And they, like, they definitely overemphasize uh, their, like, character quirks in a way that, like, makes them really enjoyable to interact with. So it's the only show where I would I go out of the way that if I'm rewatching it to watch the filler episodes. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I mean, you have a few more nostalgia picks on yours, which again, I I, I think is fair. Um, I I don't know because to me, it's like part of my top ten list is like, would I happily recommend this to people? So for me, it's like obviously you love this show and you grew up watching it and you had that impact from it. But I guess my question to you is, I don't know when you last rewatched it, probably within the past year or two. Knowing yeah, you. so I saw um, the past. But year, would you yeah. still recommend it? Would you still recommend it to? one of our viewers or like is it a show where like because it means so much to you you can still watch it and enjoy it um despite its age or you know I, that's my curiosity because it is obviously such a nostalgic pick for you yeah so i do think it's ageless like i don't think it ages poorly over time um i think if you're sick of the like the eyeshield 21s the high cues the like more action like sports focus shonen and you're more interested in like the character interaction like a combo of that and like the character interaction still carries you want like a 50 50 balance then i would recommend it but if you want a, a sports show uh that's literally strictly like the action of the game then i wouldn't recommend it and that would be why i take it from i've recommended it to a couple friends and they've like liked it i obviously they didn't say oh this is like the best show i've ever seen but i think if you like that kind of a balance then i would recommend it Nice. Yeah. I, again, I still have no issues, and I realize the viewers at this point don't don't necessarily know what I'm referring to, and it's blood pressure. But there is one specific show <laughs> that we're expecting to pop up on this list um, that I have a whole lot of very strong feelings about um, that we'll be getting into. So actually, this many things in, I, I really have no major issues with your list thus far. So uh, what's uh, what's next on your list? Yeah, so we'll go with number two, and then we'll do some honorable mention, and then get to the uh, glorious number one. Um, so number two, I have uh, High Q. So this is so I'm someone who obviously right like my top two genres are isekai and shonen. So this means I've chosen High Q as my favorite shonen, and this is why. So um, I think the way they're able to like build up the opponent, like the opposing team, I think. Like, build up the enemy is, like, the best, is best done in this show. And I think that carries a lot of weight with me. I think that Shonen has a lot of issues, we've talked before, where they build up the character's powers way too fast, and it's, like, absurd, and it makes the show unrealistic and unenjoyable. But what's kind of nice about it being a volleyball show is, like, they don't do that, which is also great. But they, that does happen in some sports anime, but they don't do that in high Haikyuu, which I love. So it's definitely the best sports anime, and I find it the best Shonen in that way as well. Um, and I'm someone who, like, I love sports, but I could care less about volleyball. It was one of the sports I could just never get into. Um, but the characters are fantastic. Like, I'm so engaged in the game, what's happening. The openings are the best, I think, of any show. So that, obviously, that was, like, a perfect 10 out of 10 for me. Um, and the way they're able to build up to the, like, the show and classic, like, show and climax, I think is, like, fantastic. Like, whenever there's been a big scene, I've never been, like disappointed or this is like an inappropriate moment like they do it in such a great way there hasn't been an episode or like a season where i've been like disappointed i've recommended it to a few friends and 
they've seemed to really enjoy it and feel similarly like, wow, this is like a great show. Like, oh my God, like this is like, and it's more like my Sharon friends who like the My Hero Academia and the Black Clover. And they're like, wow, this is like cool because it's not one of these like one person fights this other person. So I have to get bigger and stronger and like faster punches or shoot more lasers from me or whatever. It's just like simply like a sporting event that's like can seem moderately realistic in a sense, but it's just great character interaction, great opposing character development. Um, I love it. So I had to put it in my top two. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we've touched on shonen as a genre a lot. And for me, I think one of the main reasons it didn't appear too often, especially the long form shonen. So obviously, Code Geass and uh, Death Note are shonens of a type, but those were, you know, two season ones. But whenever it comes to these shows like My Hero Academia, Black Clover, um, I obviously have not seen Haikyuu, but I actually think I would enjoy it based on what you've said. Um, Again, anime has a great way of taking things that are mundane to me like i would never watch volleyball like i just could not I, yeah. w- I won't watch sports in general like we were talking i got invited to a um a super bowl viewing party and i was just like oh that's this weekend huh uh <laughs> so you know uh, it's strange that once it's animated and even if it's not you know magical mystical powers like shaolin soccer i don't know if you remember that movie um <laughs> but like you know it, it still has a way to make these things interesting i think for me it's just whenever the show is so long form and just never seems to really end um it it can be very draining and i tend to not put those on my list but obviously the show has gotten a lot of critical acclaim it has a lot of hype um so honestly at some point whenever i'm you know when black clover's done and some of these other you know shows are done i may pick up haikyuu as well just because you know it's it seems like it's pretty awesome and i mean that sounds like what are they they're on like season four or something right now yeah season four yeah that's not too bad um yeah so then now we'll get into uh some honorable, honorable mentions. mentions yeah so i have four i kind of wanted to highlight um first one i have is full metal alchemist brotherhood so i rewatched it with a friend back in like july and i honestly just didn't enjoy it as much as i thought i did um pride obviously is one of like the main villains and from like his fight and they really build up his character as a villain and from like his fight onward i just didn't enjoy it like at all um there are other fights they also built up the fuhrer who is another big villain and i felt that fight was just like super one-sided and like for like a major aspect of his battles and super uninteresting um and then like the final villain i like really didn't care about and i felt like it was such like a one-sided fight for like 95 percent of it and i thought it was kind of a dumb reason why the protagonist finally won um so like since like the last i don't know maybe it's like a third of the show i like really didn't enjoy or didn't think of fondly or couldn't remember a lot of it i couldn't put it in my top 10 um but because there's so much of like in the early stages of the show that i loved um i put an honorable mention what do you think lee yeah that's 100 percent fair i mean we talked about it just a week ago because it was on my top 10 list and one of the biggest concerns i had about the show is that i can't remember it so like for me one it's a longer show so it's not something i necessarily want to sit down and give a rewatch. so um since you've seen it recently more recently than i have i i'm inclined to believe you because all of that makes sense as to why it's not necessarily sitting in my memory um i think its highs are very high but its lows they're not necessarily bad they're just forgettable so uh, i have no qualms with this being an honorable mention cool and the next one I have is another show in your top 10, um, Code Geass. Um, you did it dirty. I did do it dirty. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna tell the fans right now, he loves this show. It's a top 10. He just wants to show that his list is more different than mine and uh, give you more variety. That's all this is. That's all this is. He knows it's a top 10. He's lying to you. So I did have it in my top 10, actually. And it's one of the shows that so doing this like list, I actually rewatched some of the shows, a decent amount of them. And um, rewatching Code Geass, I realized how much I didn't like Suzaku and Cece and like some of the side characters. And that is what eventually dropped it out of my top 10. I love Lelouch. I think he's one of the like best protagonists. I think the show has one of the best endings. Um, I'm still definitely bitter that like they're now continuing the show and created the movie. I think that also influenced the opinion um so that's why i didn't put it in my top 10 (laughs) no it's fair the show isn't (laughs) perfect um and the show is mostly carried by the fact that like 
you gotta love the they're not around as much anymore but the the genius anime protagonist is just such an enjoyable trope because obviously the writers make it to where everything works out for them because of course they saw this happening in the future but um the show has weaknesses um again it's a show where if you are a female you're gonna have some double d's no matter what doesn't matter if you're a crippled little sister in a wheelchair you're gonna have you know there's fan service issues and then uh, some people have issues with the second season and you know some of the supporting cast so um again the highs of the show it's hard for me to think of another one like that show i can watch the the ending scene and gives me goosebumps still and just all of the uh the different uh operations that they undertake and like the hide the hiding of it the the cat and mouse game where you're trying to hide who you really are always appealed to me so no i i obviously still think it deserves a top 10 spot but <laughs> I'm not saying the show is above criticism. I just don't think that some of the shows on your top 10 list are better than it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, and so then I have two more honorable mention. Um, one is Promise Neverland. Um, so, I mean, I've talked about the show before, and so I won't say too much, but um, I think it has one of the best first episodes in anime. So if you haven't seen it, I'd say at least check out the first episode because it, it definitely is a huge draw. I think the first season is spectacular. Um, I generally don't find any fault with the first season. That's like a big statement, but like, I really don't. Um, and I usually hate horror anything. Like, it's not like, it is, I guess, a horror show, so I guess it's a combo, but like, um, I love that. And that kind of gave me like a reason to want to check out like one of Lee's favorite shows, like Higurashi. Um, and this show would honestly be in my top three, might even honestly have been top two. But because we're so just like early on in the story, there's been like 15 episodes. Like, I, I can't put it in the top 10. It's way too early. There's way too much that can go wrong in the show. But, like, so far, I, I generally can't find anything wrong with it. And I, like, love the show. It's obviously extremely popular. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I've, I've loved everything about it so far. Yeah, this is a show I'm probably going to wait till it, like, finishes its third season or something before I really hop into it. But from everything I've heard, it sounds something sounds like something that could be up my alley. Um, I, I think... I think some of your points that I'll be drawing back onto will be very, um, very important whenever we bring up what your number one is. Um, the fact that it's not finished and the fact that things can go wrong in a season two. Um, I think that those are all um, very important that I, I just wanted to have those on the record. Uh, do you have any other honorable mentions? I think you said. I have one more. Yeah, I do. I do want to do one more. Um, Perfect. So uh, my last one I'll mention is I had to bring it up because I, I, I wanted it so badly in my top 10, but I couldn't put it in there. Um, it's Sword Art Online. So the king of all isekai, I mean, like definitely got me into my favorite genre. I mean, 80% of the show is trash, and that might even honestly be me being generous. Like you could definitely argue it's 99%. Um, but for me, the 1% is one episode that clearly got me like, hooked on anime into East Sky, and it's like the most memorable episode for me of like probably one of the most memorable episodes for me like any anime and clearly like impacted me so this is a spoiler so if you're listening to the podcast and you for some reason you've never seen Sword Art Online and still want to I don't know why you haven't seen it if it's like something that interests you it's been out for a while but anyway I'm gonna say what happens so the fourth episode um our protagonist meets this like random group of adventurers he joins their party and there's a realistic possibility it seems like they're going to be some of like the main characters in the show they're going to be the crew that travels with him up the different floors of the tower kirito is this all-powerful east kai protagonist way higher level up and is going to train them and help them climb the floors you know he has like a minority love interest and you're like oh whatever this is cute i guess um and then they fall for this trap like level where the enemy is based on the average skill of your four players. And Kirito didn't reveal that he was like like 50 whatever levels above like the other four members. So the enemies are significantly stronger. And the premise of Star Online is if you die in the game, you die in real life. And yeah. Um, and so you're watching is literally like the entire team is murdered in this like grotesque way. And it was like really shocking because the show like just didn't come across as really dark in the first few episodes i would say uh like it was kind of like a fun adventure thing. even though like obviously the premise is you die in literal life but it was more like a fun like adventure premise um and then you just see like this teammate who like didn't go on the specific mi mission here's what happens and then you watch him just like commit suicide like in the middle of the show like it just gets very dark for this like one episode 
And the best part is when you fast forward a year later and the love interest, uh, she like pre-planned a letter to be sent like a year later or saying like she knew like all about him, that he was like whatever 50 levels higher and like kind of knew he was like hiding something. And no matter what, she like still loved him or whatever. And that episode caused like such like a mix of emotions when I watched it. And I like really wanted to like find that feeling again, which is definitely like drew me down the sort of online rabbit hole and becoming the East Kai monster. But uh, so that's why I added it as my honorable mention. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I don't plan to see it. And I, I think the reason it's an honorable mention is, as you've mentioned, apparently the show gets really bad. Yeah, really bad. Um, oh, yeah. I, I I would never recommend I would. I can't recommend it. <laughs> I can't. I just, I just wanted to mention that episode. That was definitely the main reason for the honorable mention. Not a problem. So I'll let you announce what your number one is. And then I think we decide, we mutually agreed that I would start. Um, I would actually be the first one to talk about this show. Um, and then you would be, you would, you would counter it, but, uh, go ahead. I much of a counter, but yeah, sure. Um, so my number one, so for context, so my number one is ReZero. And for context, uh, Lee has just finished, recently finished ReZero and, or caught up. And his name in our group me is ReZero out of 10. Uh, Lee, you can go and tell us about your uh, blood pressure level. So through the roof, I, I woke up one morning um, so I've been trying to catch up and I did catch up, um, for the record, go watch the previous, uh, episode of the podcast where I actually was speaking very optimistically about the show. Um, I want you to know, I did not come into the show wanting to dislike it because I know I can be a bit of a contrarian. I obviously trash talk isekai all the time. That being said, I haven't really watched any. Um, unfortunately, now that I have, I feel entirely justified uh, <laughs> in my distaste for the genre. So for me, um, I woke up one morning and I just chose war because I realized <laughs> going through season two, how bored I was. Um, so the thing is, I guess we'll talk about ReZero. Slight spoilers, but they're kind of addressed pretty early on. But the show is about a character who's transferred to another world, as you would imagine, a fantasy world, a very super generic fantasy world. Um, and if he dies, he returns back to like a basically a previous save point. Not that it's a video game, but you know, it the point that he comes back to does change. So, you know, there there's a bit of a time loop aspect to it, which, you know, you you brought up before whenever we've compared it to Steins Gate. Not that they're very overly similar shows, but um basically any show that has death and time loops has obviously some very emotional um you know, breakdowns and stuff. Now, I actually did not dislike the first season. I thought the first season was moving along pretty well. You know, it wasn't anything that blasted my socks off. And again, part of the reason that I'm extremely annoyed that A, this would make someone's top <laughs> number one pick on their top 10. One, it's not finished. And two, it's already bad. Um, despite the fact that apparently no one else seems to think so. Um, one, how many times can a character learn that the way to move forward is jolly cooperation? Like, and this is the only time I've seen a time loop character get stupider as the show goes on. So there's a point in the show where he actually, based on a bunch of random knowledge that he picks up by talking to different characters, puts together a plan where he's able to get a bunch of people to make an alliance with him so that he can basically move forward in the plot and it's actually really clever that happens in season one and that was a point in the show that i was like oh this is pretty great and obviously he has some emotional breakdowns here and there from either having to witness horrifying things or having to die horrific deaths himself um but the problem is is that that is the formula this the re-zero is this character tries to move forward bad thing happens either he dies or someone he loves dies, and then he has to keep trying to avoid those things happening. The way he manages to avoid those things happening is by getting the cooperation of his friends and people around him. Rinse, repeat. But the problem is, is after the first time you learn that the way to overcome obstacles is through cooperation, what does Subaru, what does Toyota Honda-san decide to do? He decides to once again just have another breakdown and try and do everything on his own. He just keeps, and then eventually we're at the point in the show where OG 
guess what? He's teaming up with people again. And guess what? We're moving forward. Um, on top of that, the show develops its plot and its world like a fever dream. You know, so unlike shows that have a developed fantasy world where you have an explanation of the magic systems and the, you know, how everything is laid out, ReZero gives you that information as it decides it's convenient. Um, earlier on, there's a line with like, when people say the witch, they're talking about the witch of envy. But then turns out that actually, no, there's a bunch more witches. And guess what? They're all named after one of the seven deadly sins. And on top of that, the people named after the seven deadly sins aren't really very much like the sins they're named after. Like at some point, like one, there's a main character who he gets, they quote unquote explain it because he gets a magical power that's from the witch of uh, sloth. But all he does is just be like, isn't this slothful? But he's not being slothful. Slothful is laziness and that sort of thing. And that's not anything like his character or the witch of greed. She wants things. Isn't that greedy of her? Oh, gee, you want things. That's greedy of you. Like, it's just, my issue is not that it's bad. My issue is that it is remarkably mediocre. The show has not done anything original. The show has not done anything unique. And on top of that, the characters have actually gotten worse as time has gone on. Um, ultimately, like, I... I'm like this most recent time loop in season two where they're in one location in the sanctuary. I'm not interested in the sanctuary at all. And on top of that, it doesn't really follow logic. Like generally speaking in a time loop show, people will react the same way based on the same inputs. Um, but in this show, people will take completely different stances just based on the convenience of the plot. Again, I think it's just extremely lazy writing. I think the world is poorly developed. The romance between Subaru, uh, Honda, Toyota, um, <laughs> Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi, I knew the, I was waiting for the fourth one, yeah. And, uh, and uh, don't get me wrong, I want a cute half-elf waifu as much as the next person, but their romance <laughs> has actually gotten progressively less interesting and less believable as time has gone on. Um, and so for me... It's not even that I think it's bad. I just think it's such a forgettable and not interesting show that to put it at your number one when it's not even a finished product is insane. And uh, this is what I've gotten into. And also, I'm going to make a shout out to uh, our friend Jake, who decided to insult Steins Gate in order to defend ReZero. He said that Steins Gate had more bad episodes than ReZero does. Well, guess what, Jake? Steins Gate is done. The amount of bad quote unquote episodes is not going to continue to increase. Um, whereas ReZero, it is. And so that statement you made already isn't true and will continue to be untrue as time goes on. I'm going to take a break now for my blood pressure medication. Um, Bryce, try and defend this mediocre blob that is apparently the hottest isekai. Yeah. No, that was amazing. That was awesome. <laughs> a plus. Um, so yeah, so ReZero. Um, so everything you said is completely fair. So the show has an unbelievable... Sure, it has an unbelievable amount of plot holes. I get that. I get that. Um, Subaru is an lovable character, and a lot of people hate him, and if you hate him, it can make the show a lot less enjoyable. Um, but for me, it, like, I mean, it has the opposite effect. It's the only show I look forward to every week. Um, obviously, Iskai is my genre of choice. I love that it isn't this overpowered east kai protagonist like i think i do think he's relatable in the sense that like you know i love kind of putting myself in his shoes trying to figure out how i would respond to these situations and problems i get what you mean in the sense that like uh subaru always tries to go out it by himself and doesn't want to use cooperation to like solve the problems but i think a major factor also behind that is because in every kind of situation he's been in like when he tries to cooperate like the people his loved ones always end up dying and so like he's like that's why he's like stubborn and wants to do it himself and like just trying to like prevent like this worst case scenario from happening i know you're wrong he definitely makes wrong decisions and like but i also like i'm not sure i would like make necessarily a better decision um so i do find him like relatable in that sense and i i maybe sure maybe the plot the plots it adds like witches for like convenience in a sense like that but I do think the show does an awesome job of, like, if there is a question or something that comes up in the first season, I do think they've done, like, a decent enough job and, like, a unique way of answering it. Maybe it's not the most plot-fitting, intricate sense, like a Stein's Gate, but at the end of the day, 
anime is a source of entertainment and Rezero knows what I personally want out of anime. And that's a story with problems that I personally think find interesting of problems that I kind of want to solve. What's the new like horrible situation that Subaru's in and like how on earth is he going to solve this? Cause I have no idea. And yeah, it can be like an absurd result. And maybe you could, you, you probably think that's like lazy writing. I think it's like thoroughly entertaining, right? I, I don't, I'm not as concerned with like the intricate details of the world. I just want to be thoroughly like, wow, I like, this is like an interesting result. Where'd all these like extra witches come from? Where'd all these characters come from? Like, oh, this is kind of a, a new wrinkle to the world that I think is kind of fun. Um, so that's kind of my view on it. And again, everything you say is like completely fair. There's definitely flaws. And if I put more thought into it, if I probably if I like, I guess if I more like binged it all at once, maybe I would have put more thought into it. But at the end of the day, I like it's it's the show that I just look forward to every week because I personally I don't expect what's going to come next. And yeah, there's definitely faults too in putting it obviously number one unfinished product, and that's a super valid point. Um, but because I've loved it like so much, and it is like my favorite isekai, and there was going to be an isekai number one, and so for me, that's why it's my number one pick. But Shame. again, yeah, everything you said is fair. <laughs> I've got I've got a few more things that I just yeah, also wanted to point out. Um, it is a harem anime, so. If you're someone who wishes you were a completely average boy surrounded by a bunch of hot fantasy women oh who all want you, um, this is literally just a glorified version of High School DxD. Oh my god! Um, it is just a harem show, and on top of that, the character quite literally ignores warnings within like seconds of them happening. So, like for example, it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, I'm gonna bring out this other witch. Don't let her touch you. Don't look her in the eyes. Now, the witch that comes out next isn't the witch that was referred to. Now, both the audience and the character don't know this. But our main character, within less than a minute of being told not to touch and not to look in the eyes of this next witch, he shakes the witch's hand and looks them in the eye. Um, on, on top of that, it's like, hey, you want to make a contract with me? I'm a witch. And... <laughs> The dude doesn't ask like, oh, what are the terms of the contract? They have to, because, ugh. and then also, again, to make a point that it's a harem show, it's like, you can use me. Like, it's literally like, even these like older than time witches all want to sleep with this random, uninteresting, super average boy. And then also, if you're stuck in a time loop and like, you are the weakest person around you, um, how about you train? You know, oh, hey, you can use magic. That's interesting. Oh, but I can't control it. Gee, if only you had time, right? Like it's, and that's a more interesting way to handle these things and more things. At certain point, they probably will have a training arc for him because there'll be some sort of, I would almost bet money on it. There'll be some training arc where like there's some obstacle yeah, he can't sure. overcome unless he becomes more powerful than just yelling uh, sham wow and then <laughs> squirting out squirting out ink like a freaking uh, octopus. <laughs> uh, but again, it's like you're practically in the hyperbolic time chamber. Like stop being so useless. You literally, one, are super fit for no good reason. Um, and you're also able to use magic in this world. Like you have nothing but time why the hell don't you train? Um, and again, he has options to die in his sleep. Like there are points where he could die pretty peacefully and just restart the cycle, but he doesn't. So anyway, those are my last two qualms. I, it's not, again, I would not be giving it such a high level of scrutiny. If it wasn't if number it were, one. If it were just some anime, but the fact that I knew that this was going to be Bryce's number one and the fact that like other mainstream anime reviewers put like, ReZero season two as like anime of 2020 like anime of the year i i'm missing something i'm clearly missing something because and it would be one thing like you said it's for entertainment but like i just got to i was just bored like i mean that's really the only reason i paid attention because in the first season you know i had some issues but like things were happening so it's like you said it's very easy to um ignore so again some of it's purely subjective and the fact that season two has not been interesting for me at all but i could not disagree more with this as a number one pick no yeah we've obviously been building up to the blood pressure for like this for number one for <laughs> sure like that was i think the only one we was like pretty certain of was that he knew i would put re-zero number one because he knows how like highly i think of it so no i mean i think it's it's all like completely fair all of your qualms with it and again i think it's anime is obviously super just subjective and we have like super different tastes and preferences in that sense and it's definitely one of those shows where like you know you i mean you'll agree to disagree or one day uh 
maybe ReZero has like an SAO like decline, or I view it as like an SAO decline, and like it just falls off. I think we're already in the middle of it, buddy. <laughs> I'm just saying, you put Code Geass on your honorable mentions, and you do me dirty <laughs> like this by putting ReZero at number one. I just. <laughs> and um so that's my top 10 um so that's my list uh i want to thank everyone for listening you can uh email us at closetweebap at uh, gmail.com you can let me know your thoughts you can defend ReZero. you can attack it like we'd love to hear from you uh we will ip ban you if you defend uh ReZero. <laughs> we'll make it we will uh find out where you live and uh Take never mind. anyway you can reach us on twitter at weeb underscore podcast thank you for tuning in despite my instructions not to this week um you will catch us uh in the future so thank you and uh catch you next time see ya